Hello, welcome to the Keynotes Podcast, a podcast based out of Trinity Christian College in Palos Heights that focuses on its students and their research. My name is Aaron DeBoer, and today I have with me a guest, Andrew Coetz. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's good that you could be here on this cold winter day. Yeah, it's dreary outside, but it's warm in here, so we're good. <laughs> oh, perfect. We're wonderful. So, uh, Andrew, tell me a little bit about yourself. What grade are you? Uh, what major? What kind of research have you been doing? Yeah. Um, so I've been, uh, I've, I'm a senior here, so I've been here for four years now. And last year I did um, uh, research with my advanced molecular biology course. And basically this this class was like just an advanced look at how um, like genetics are tied into how the cell works. Um, and our research specifically reflected that. Um, our research was actually with a um, new scientific process uh, technology called CRISPR. Ooh, interesting. Which, yeah, which is uh, actually pretty incredible. So, I mean, I'm here to um, give you guys a little bit of an overview on that and sort of an insight on what we did for in a whole semester, so 15 weeks worth. Wow. So you're going to condense 15 weeks worth of work <laughs> in 15 minutes or so. We do our absolute best to do that. Yes, <laughs> That's sir. fantastic. Yes, so sir. CRISPR, what is CRISPR? So uh, CRISPR is a, uh, a gen- it's basically a, a genome editing software. Um, oh, I, it's I, software. I, I, no, no, it's not a software, but it's, it's designed using software. Okay. So basically, in essence, we're taking um, some machinery from a bacteria and then incorporating it with some like intentionally created DNA. So we're going to take part of uh, a bacteria um, plasmid, which is a plasmid is a ring of DNA, and we're going to insert a certain DNA sequence into it. Mm-hmm. And then that uh, Cas9 CRISPR or Cas9 guide RNA system is going to snip the human DNA. And then there's a thing called an HDR. Um, sequence, which is going to replace that mutated or damaged portion. So we can replace mutations with this uh, machinery. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of cutting out the bad, replacing with the good, mm-hmm. sealing it all back up. Yes, yes. That's, in that layman's terms. Yeah, no, yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I say I say a bunch of big words, but in essence, that is, is what it is. You're cutting the human DNA, um, chopping out the bad, replacing it with stuff that should functionally work how we want it to. Wow, fantastic! Mm-hmm. Um, actually, how we came about like working on this was a um, a certain gene connected to a genetic disorder called uh, Bowen Conradi sy- syndrome. Oh, okay. It is very rare, um, but it has like very serious health effects to infants. Um, they typically die within the first two years. Mm. So, part of our research was to look at this gene and another two genes. Um, it's called the EMG1 gene. And we were going to try and adapt it so that it didn't have that mutation in anymore because it's a genetic mutation that causes this syndrome. Oh, so you mm-hmm. found this syndrome and identified it as something that could potentially be cured using CRISPR. Yeah, in essence, that's, yeah, that's what the goal is. Um, and this is a this is a good example to try and look at because it's such a it's such a rare prevalence, but it's in a very like um, sheltered and sort of in this is going to sound very bad but like an interbreeding community a sure. very small shut off community um in the united states is where we see this prevalent i see yeah um so to if we were to able to, be, to remove that from the genome um it could have tremendous uh tremendously good consequences potentially yeah fantastic mm-hmm. so where do you start in all of this <laughs> yeah. i mean you guys are undergraduate college students mm-hmm. how do you start this process 
Well, for one word, uh, professors. Um, <laughs> so our professor, Dr. Clayton Carlson, um, here at Trinity Christian College. Helped. Shout out. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Mr. Car- Dr. Carlson. Uh, so what we were trying to do is uh, come up with our, he sort of gave us the direction to head for this project. Um, he gave us three genes to work with. He gave us the EMG1 to look at with this syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gave us the outline of the process, and then we had to go through the um, trial and error of it, um, which really shows like the essence of science research too, is that we did a bunch of trials that didn't work. Um, and we were going into it as being like the third class to try something like this and none of the rest had ever gotten anything to work. So we were going in basically with the expectation that we probably wouldn't be able to get something successful. Right. Um, obviously our results are possibly indicating and maybe, maybe we did find something. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So you were... At odds, basically, coming into this. <laughs> yeah. So maybe just a quick little look to the future. Uh, do we have something to look forward to in this podcast? Did you Were you successful in any form? So the, the, the funny thing about uh, this type of process is that um, even, if, even if one indicates that it possibly was changed, you need to go through more g- uh, g- genetic sequencing. So basically, um, as, as for those listeners might uh, know that the DNA is a sequence that uh, codes for certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to test for the, uh, the error, we need to um, find the sequence that we're going to adjust. And then when we adjust it, it might show up like it's working, but not until do we revisit it or resequence it and check everything. Right. Because now we have technology to do that nowadays. We don't know for sure. Um, however... Our tests before sequencing again um, indicate that there possibly was some uh, successful attempts. Ooh. Yeah, based on the uh, the growth of our yeast cells, because we used yeast cells for okay. this. And these yeast cells are going to behave differently depending on whether the mutation is there or not. Right. So for two of our three genes, we got possible results. <laughs> One of them was more more possible than the other, um, but obviously if we sequenced it again, we could confirm that. But there was positive results, and that was really exciting because it was like our second try for one of the genes and our fourth try for another one of the genes. So it actually happened pretty quickly. Oh, good. Um, so we were lucky to do that, but it would take more tests to confirm those. But uh, it looks like we were headed in the right direction, if not already finding a um new like a change that would work for us right right Mm -hmm. so like and even then like giving you the 15 weeks sounds like you could have spent a lot more time on this yeah without a doubt i mean we put we put lots of hours into it but no this type of this type of research could have continued for i mean really for a career for 40 years you could spend using CRISPR. i would think um and it's going to only continue to adapt more and more as we continue to go farther into um how this all works yeah so you f- you found traces of success in yeast cells yes um so how would that look extrapolating that to humans and the syndrome mm-hmm. that you were mm-hmm. talking about so um that, that that's a it's a it's a more of an interesting discussion because now we're bringing in ethics of it too oh, um yeah. the reason we used yeast cells is because they are um they're a similar enough cell to human cells that we could maybe see what is going to happen in human cells. But obviously without actually doing human cell trials, you won't know for sure. Right. But then that brings in the ethics of uh, embryonic stem cell research Mm -hmm. and uh, just embryonic research in general, um, which is stuff that obviously 
um, we aren't comfortable with dealing with. We wanted to just see if, in theory, we could do it with yeast cells yeah. and not like pursue it any further, given like we're undergrads and stuff like that too. But also, just you have to you have to take in a lot more ethics when you're considering like human editing Absolutely. with CRISPR, which yeah. is the danger with this type of a technology. You have to be conscious of those type of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And like coming from a Christian campus, even then, like oh, definitely, we can tie in our worldview, our religion, everything. Yes, yes, yes. yes. uh, As we both know is very ingrained at Trinity. Yeah, no, and that's that's another, uh, like, a good thing that came out of this is the fact that in our class of uh, three people on this project. (laughs) Three people. (laughs) Classic uh, Trinity upper-level science course. Um, (laughs) But uh, um, we had a lot of discussions on the ethics of these type of things. CRISPR in general is very new and very untested with humans and stuff like that. Um, and in theory, it could do a lot of good, but because of the concerns that it might not, there's a lot of ethical concerns that compound onto that. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's uh, difficult to say with certainty, like, yes, we can go forward with this um, because you have to take in all those layers of like, like, for example, uh, religious implications to what, what is a human, when is a human, yeah. stuff like that. So. That's that's another reason that this is like such a it's such a new monumental but also difficult type of uh, um, technology to work with. Yeah. So over time, you said since it's so new, mm-hmm. um, do you think that in the science world, the science industry, that this is going to take off, or will it take some time yet? Um. So. I'm going to say yes and no, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I know is kind of the cheating answer, but the the yes is in the fact that there were, there's already been people trying to make CRISPR babies. Oh, interesting. Sort of against the code of conduct of the ethics of the science world. Yes. We read we read articles about um, a certain scientist who claimed that he CRISPRed twins mm. um, involving HIV susceptibility or uh, immunity to it, which is really interesting, but at the same time, you question like what 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 at what cost do you do those type of research things so the yes that it's already taking off yes people are trying to make crispr babies and adjust things um already to the human the human state um but the no is also in the fact that there was such a huge lashback at this guy because he just did it yeah like he was told not to by the ethic committee and he did um and those that's the danger with a type of technology like this is if it gets out like yes it will progress but the no i think also comes with the fact that there are a lot of people who are trying to be very conscious about um figuring out the pros and cons before you go into the realm of human adjustment to that level right very interesting Mm -hmm. so it's very interesting yeah as you go on your career uh, Mm -hmm. later in life could you see yourself going back to CRISPR research (laughs) maybe even this very experiment or i uh even teaching about it you know um, well, for now, I, I mean, de- oh, definitely. Um, so I, I didn't say this in my introduction, but I'm actually uh, planning on being a, a science teacher in high school. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. So uh, one area, I, I don't know, wherever God ends up bringing me, uh, whether he keeps me teaching for the long run or whether I switch careers, I don't know. Um, so in that, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm still interested in it. If nothing else has helped me have more knowledge about it, so as it continues to develop and change, maybe I can speak some truth or light on it um, in, like, like my church circle or my, like, friend circle or even in my classrooms. Um, I want to do a, like, a, and this is sort of like a, a dream, is to, like, do a unit at the end of the year if I'm teaching at a Christian school. Yeah. Or even if I'm not, like, 
science in the world Mm -hmm. and this is going to be part of like my unit for that um because first of all it's it is such a cool technology but at the same time people need to know about it because it could have very big implications going forward right Mm -hmm. very cool yeah well (laughs) thank you for sharing about CRISPR. yeah thank you thanks Uh, for having me yeah how about just one last thing layman's terms yes what is CRISPR? Mm -hmm. and what are the future implications slash dangers of it? Okay. All right. Um, give me a second. I'm going to try and get like a, a nice one sentence punchline of a tendency to ramble. <laughs> um, so CRISPR, using, using machinery to cut DNA and then replace that bad DNA, those mutations, with good DNA so that it'll work the way we want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, future implications, dangers, positives. Um, there could be a lot of medical benefits that could come from this. Um, there could be a lot of like monumental changes in genetic diseases of infants, especially infants, um, and also adults alike. But there's also the dangers of it being abused. Um, and the ethical implications for even just researching it on humans. So that's the future. I think that's where the discussions are going to continue to go. Um, as a non-expert, um, that's where I think the discussions are going to go. But yeah, that's basically the essence of this research going forward. It's really cool, um, but there's a lot of questions that have to be answered going forward. Yeah. Well, thank mm-hmm. you for taking the time to educate myself and the listeners out there on CRISPR. I know it's not common knowledge out there, but it may just well be someday. Well, thank you for having me, though, Aaron. Yeah, thanks for being here, Andrew. This has been the Keynotes Podcast with Aaron DeBoer and Andrew Coates. Thank you for listening. We'll see you here next time.